On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I answer a question about what advice I'd give to my 18-year-old self and about what regrets I have in life. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 113 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And if you're looking for this episode on YouTube, it's not going to be there. It's one of those weeks where I'm back in Corby, where I'm sat in my bedroom, and where, frankly, I'm not making the whole video setup work here. So when I'm back in Corby for episodes like this, it will hopefully never be guest episodes recorded here. But when it's just little solo episodes, um, yeah, no YouTube. So here we are. Um, Hope you had a good couple of weeks since we last spoke like this. Uh, Honestly, for me, it's been fairly uneventful at least in the sense that it feels like not a lot has happened since I last sat down to record an episode like this. It's just been busy with work, getting things done, planning stuff for this podcast. Um, We're into that part of the year now where, I don't know about you, but for me at least, the kind of the excitement and shininess of there being a new year has faded and um, it's a real struggle, at least in some areas, to kind of keep the, the discipline that I have been trying to keep this year to get done the things that I want to get done. And of course, you'll know if you listened a couple of weeks ago that I'm currently doing my own version of uh, 75 hard with a couple of changes. I'm still doing that. I think today is day 25. Uh, And even with that, although I know that it's completely binary, right, because I either do all of the things on that list or I fail and go back to day one, even when those stakes are so high, Uh, There have been a couple of days where I've really, really struggled to get done, uh, at least even just on that list, all of the things I want to get done. And that's ignoring, you know, the business and work to do lists and uh, guest outreach for this podcast. Um, Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I've just felt really tired this last week or so. And the structure that I quite frankly rely on, really, just to make sure that I can fit everything into the days and weeks and months that I want to and that I need to. Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle, but, and I'll speak about this in a in a few minutes' time, this weekend, I'm going to be doing something about that, uh, which was always the plan. At the end of quarter one, two, three, and four, um, the, the grip methodology that I've been working to this year to plan my days, my weeks, my months, and my year, um, which you can go back and listen to on episode number 102, I believe, could be making up 104, unsure, with Rick Pastor. Um, I'm going to be taking a few hours out this Sunday, probably, to sit down and review my yearly goals and so on. Um, And then as such, just to make sure that I'm really on track with everything that I want to get done this year, uh, kind of replan things ever so slightly for the next quarter. And also add in things, right? Because there are goals which I had, which I set at the beginning of this year. Um, If you noticed, by the way, I said I'm going to talk about this later and now I'm just talking about it now. So (laughs) the structure's gone. Let's just talk about it now. Um, There were goals that I set when I was in Dublin like four months ago, 
give or take for this year, which already don't make sense for one reason or another. There are other goals which seem um, perhaps not ambitious enough in light of things which have happened recently. And so as well as rebuilding that structure, almost beginning again, as I always talk about, um, so checking the goals, making sure they're correct, and then putting back in place the structure to start anew for the 1st of April, um, although I'll be doing it on the 2nd of April, but you know what I mean. Uh, that is what I'm going to be doing this weekend to hopefully kind of build on everything I've done this quarter because this quarter has been incredibly, incredibly productive in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, let's let's begin by talking about the podcast, right? This podcast has basically transformed in the last three months. It was three and a half months ago that I had never posted to YouTube. It was three and a half months ago that I had gone like six months, seven months without a guest. It was three and a half months ago when I didn't even know how to reach out to guests and I didn't have a strategy on how to grow this thing and I didn't know where I wanted to take it. And it would just kind of be this thing that I sat and did every week and didn't think about. And yet in the last three months, both kind of the output, the stuff that you see and the stuff that you hear, but also behind the scenes, the processes, the people I'm working with, um, the knowledge and also the vision of where I want to take this has just developed so much. Similarly with the business, there are some goals for the business that I had set out personally and also that we had set out as a business at the beginning of this year, which I mean, some of them are going to plan, some aren't right now. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. But more generally, I think that I and we as a business have got done more in the first three months of this year than I had perhaps anticipated. Um, you will have heard me spoke around this time last year, actually, about the two new areas of the business that we had been working on. And for a number of reasons, both of those got paused temporarily. And it was always our intention to come and revisit uh, the first of those two areas of the business at some point in the first half of this year. But as things have happened, that has been brought forward quite significantly and there are things happening in that regard. And so I guess this is all just to say that what I want to do this weekend is take stock of the first 25% of this year, which is crazy, by the way, that we're 25% of the way through the year, but take stock of the first 25%, look at what went well, look at what didn't go so well, look at what I still want to be aiming towards from those goals that I set out when I was in Dublin and then also look at what I want to add in and what I want to change because goals are all well and good and you know it's, it's really good to have fixed uh, ambitions that don't shift but I think it's also important to be somewhat fluid um, with what you're aiming for to make sure that it still makes sense because you know if you set yourself a goal in January and by the time it gets to April it no longer interests you or your life has changed in a certain way or well, anything, right? If, if context has changed and that goal no longer feels relevant, then that goal will no longer motivate you. And the second motivation falls away, having goals is pointless, right? Because if you're not going to achieve them, there's no point in having them. So I think it's important to just, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Recalibrate every now and then. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Um, if you listened last week, I'm sure you would have enjoyed the conversation I had with Professor Adam Hart. I've had some really interesting feedback on that, actually. Two people have said to me that more than any other guest that they've heard speak on this podcast, they both believed that he was the most passionate about the subject matter. In as much as, you know, if we look at a, a Max Fosh or a Rory Sutherland or somebody like that who I've had a chat with, they're really good at telling stories and going for 10 minutes without interruption, which I love. but the two people who have fed back on 
Adam's episode said that he not only did that, but that he sounded like really, really excited about a subject matter that, frankly, people, myself included, don't know anything about, right? He is introducing us all to this concept that evolution has perhaps left us, as he puts it, unfit for purpose, which is something that probably hasn't even crossed our minds. And yet, for an hour, he was able to retain my attention, definitely retain most of those who listen's attention and make a, I guess, a fairly plain, a fairly boring in some senses if it's addressed the wrong way, subject matter, really quite engaging. So that was a great episode. Thank you if you did listen. If you haven't, I definitely recommend you do go back and have a listen at some point. Um, It sounds harder to listen to than it really is when I describe it in the way I just did. It's actually a really... um, fluid enjoyable conversation but it's one that's on a really interesting subject matter um next week's guest episode i don't know if there will be one because i plan to sit down with johan hari on tuesday i think this has been a long week i don't know what day it was tuesday and uh things had to be rescheduled so johan is currently out in Rome, I believe, researching his new book. And so that just means that, like with lots of people in his position, his schedule is very, um, it chops and changes as is required to make sure that he's able to do what he needs to do. And so we've had to move that recording date to the middle of April, it's looking like right now, which means that you are going to hear that conversation in April, as was always the plan, but it's going to be a little bit later than was planned. And because of that, because it is the next to be released episode which happens to be the one which was rescheduled all of the recording schedule that i have in place for the next few episodes um they all happen after that episode release day so i might be able to get a guest in the next seven days i don't know to be honest if i do happy days i can't tell you who it will be yet because i don't know if i don't i have an idea of what i'm going to do um and this might become a somewhat regular feature of this podcast on weeks where there either isn't a guest or somebody has to move or an episode can't go out for whatever reason, where I will sit down and reflect on the past few guest conversations and create a common thread between the four, five or six conversations I've had most recently and how each of those conversations touches on a particular subject matter, right? So it might be about productivity and about how Laura and Vanessa said something and and Rick Pastor said something, and Max said something, and it all kind of ties together into this wider narrative. So that's something that I'm thinking. Um, if not, it might be a guest episode. I just really don't know. Um, but on that topic, got lots of great guests confirmed or even been spoken to. So we're going to be speaking to John Yates, who is the author of a book, which I believe is called Fractured, which seems like a really interesting premise about the idea that society as a whole recently seems to be incredibly just dropped a pencil on the microphone. There we go. Professional. It seems to be incredibly fractured. Um, Luke Burgess, who is the author of a book called Wanting, all about mimetic desire, which if you don't know what that is, it's incredibly interesting. It will completely blow your mind about the way we look at the world. And then speaking to lots of people, as you'd imagine, in my inbox, trying to get them booked in. Um, And so I think that the next three months, as good as these three months have been for the podcast, I think the next three months are going to turn it up a notch yet again. It's going to be busy, but it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. And then I'll be honest, other than that, I really don't have that much to update you on this week, so I've done what I normally do. I've done my little party trick and asked Instagram to give me some questions to answer, because truthfully, that gives me easy content, because I don't need to tell you about stuff when there's nothing to tell you about, and I get to just kind of freestyle on questions. So there have been five questions so far. 
So we're just going to answer all five of them, I guess. Um, Andy said, would you do a solo episode every week, even if you have guest episodes in the same week? So this is really interesting because I put a poll out on Instagram maybe four or five weeks ago. And I basically made the point that with the guest booking process that I currently have in place, we're fast approaching, despite what I just said about not having a guest for next week, we're fast approaching a point where there are going to be more guests than there are guest episode slots, right? So every two weeks, I release a guest episode, which means that in an average year, there's somewhere in the region of, what, 26 guest episode slots. And as, frankly, I get better at knowing how to approach and book guests, there's going to be no shortage of guest episode slots. So I put a poll out asking how people would feel if I were to do fewer solo episodes like this and do more guest episodes. And the responses more generally were actually really interesting because there was a fairly um, down the middle split. Those who had been here for longer, listening for longer, those who know this podcast as a place where I have come to sit down and share my thoughts for getting on for 115 weeks in a row, were saying definitely keep the solo episodes as frequently as they are and then those who frankly I don't know as well i.e people whose names I don't recognize who must have come along from you know the Chris Williamson episode or the Max Fosh episode or something like that who have followed me as a result of a guest episode they were saying do more guest episodes and so I had a conversation with a few people and truthfully I think the way it's going to stick for now is just that we're going to continue as is for as long as possible which is one week it's an episode like this, the next week it's a guest episode. To answer Andy's question, would I do solo episodes in weeks where I release guest episodes? I mean, to be honest, the short answer is yes, absolutely, I would. The long answer is that currently this is a very expensive hobby in as much as this makes no money and it's not going to make any money, I don't think, until next year, looking at the numbers and how this all stacks up. It also costs money, both directly in things like paying people to edit videos and the platforms that we need to use to publish this, and also indirectly in the sense that it takes probably a good five to ten hours to uh, book, plan, record, produce and publish a guest episode. And it probably takes maybe, I don't know, 90 minutes to two hours to produce and publish an episode like this. And so like that's a significant time investment and a fairly significant monetary investment into something which I enjoy, so I'm not going to stop. Let me be completely clear there. Like, this isn't me saying I'm getting cold feet, but I'm not sure that I could yet, at this point, until it's somewhat monetizable, until it stops burning such a big hole in my uh, time allocation and my pocket to be able to do two episodes or three episodes a week. I looked at somebody like Chris Williamson, right, who is an absolute beast when it comes to planning, producing, recording and releasing guest episodes he has done free guest episodes of his podcast every single week for getting on for two years now that volume of content to be able to produce that with just him and a tiny tiny team blows my mind and don't get me wrong at some point I would love to be able to do that right I would love for this in a couple of years time to be financially sufficient to the point whereby okay I'm probably not taking much money from it because it's not that kind of play but whereby it can fund itself to have like a researcher 
to book guests and plan conversations and somebody to do full-time video editing. Um, I say full-time, like edit all of the videos, which isn't a full-time job, frankly, because there's only one or two a week in this hypothetical world. Um, and that's the dream because I enjoy this a lot and I think that it's viable. I didn't think that was viable a year ago. I absolutely think that's viable now. But in the meantime, would I do two episodes a week of any kind? I think the answer is no, only because I can't really afford in any sense to allocate that, if that makes sense. <laughs> the next question, Sam said, give us a gym update. I'm sure this is tongue in cheek, but the gym update is been going every day for 75 hard. Um, it's been a struggle some days. It's been a lot of fun other days. Still don't like leg day. I need to do legs tonight, actually, um, which I'm not looking forward to, but we're going to get there. I'm going to do every single day of 75 hard. And yeah, it'll be good to look back on and just see 75 green boxes in a row in the uh, the row that says workout every day. And so that is the gym update. The gym update is I'm not going 100% every session. Like I'm not pushing myself beyond my ability constantly because frankly, that would be silly when I'm trying to go for this marathon style long stint of 75 days in a row. Some days I go into the gym and I can't be bothered and it's really difficult and I do like the absolute bare minimum, but I go other times I go into the gym and it's really fun and I feel like I can do anything and um, yeah I'm surprising myself in some senses actually with I guess it's just like newbie gains 2.0 right because I haven't been to the gym properly in two years during lockdown um, and I remember that initial kind of hockey stick shaped curve when I was going to the gym in 2019 where progress comes incredibly quickly in the beginning and whilst in some senses, when I went back to the gym consistently from like December last year onwards, it didn't feel like the beginning because I didn't have any of those beginner feelings, which I had the first time around, right? I was no longer scared of the gym. I no longer had terrible form, I hope, I think, in most things. Um, and so I almost dismissed the idea of like easy gains at the beginning again. But some of the progress that has been made not aesthetically but like numbers on bars and being able to move weights now which three months ago I just absolutely couldn't has been a lot of fun to keep me going so on the days when it's good it's good on the days when it's bad it is a fucking struggle but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get all 75 days done so this is a really interesting question from Will Will always asks amazing questions um and I don't know how to answer this one, but I'm just going to think out loud on it. So he said, what's one piece of advice you would give to your 18 year old self? And then in brackets, he said he's asking for his students. Now, let me start here. I'm not going to be able to give you one piece of advice because that's just not how my mind works. I'm probably going to give you seven pieces of advice um, or give myself, I suppose, as the question suggests, seven pieces of advice that are just random and don't make any sense. Um, but I have been thinking about this a lot recently, which is that like when I was 18, 19, 20, even 21 really, the, the life that I lived in almost every sense was entirely different. Like down to the smallest details, entirely different to the life that I now live. And that's because I think between the age of like 18 and 22, I guess, almost everybody without fail changes so much right we discover who we are as a person our character entirely shifts and the same is probably true by the way I just don't yet have the benefit of being able to look back because I'm not 35 the same is probably true between 22 and 28 and 28 and 32 does that make sense like it probably continuously happens as our lives evolve but in that period I don't feel as if I progressed as much as I could 
And there were a lot of reasons for that. But I think on reflection, the biggest reason, truthfully, and it's something that I've been working on ever since then, is just having the the confidence and the self-belief that I can actually be that person to do that thing, right? Whether it is that I can be that person who grows that business or I can be that person who launches a podcast or tweets my thoughts in a structured way or does the TEDx talk that I did or okay it happened historically before that age but went on The Apprentice right there are all of these things that I used to want to do and I would oppress them I would not do any of them because I didn't believe that I could be that person I thought that action was something that was taken by others and I watched from the sideline and that's a confidence thing right you have to have I've spoken about this before you have to have micro case studies in your life that prove to you that you can do something before you then take the next step Um, and I think I can't remember who I spoke about it with on this podcast it might have been Rick actually I spoke about the idea that this podcast was originally me recording little Instagram TV videos because I didn't have the confidence to do a 30 minute fucking monologue like this and before the Instagram TV videos was me sharing tweets because structured tweets and sharing my thoughts publicly and kind of getting over that discomfort of being that guy was what I needed to do and so I think that if I was talking to my 18 year old self the biggest piece of advice would be to just begin because for as long as you avoid action things get worse right and I know there's the old cliche of, of if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards or whatever. But that seems to be true. Your peer group, those around you, those who you will inevitably compare yourselves to, will either stay in line with you or move forward. And as those around you move forward in whatever respect, you are by definition moving backwards right the the gap between you and those you are going to compare yourself to will widen and so if your your issue is confidence that you don't believe that you're the person who can do the thing that you don't believe that you're ready to start if you feel like that now imagine how much more you're going to feel like that a year from now when you're further behind when you feel like you're lacking behind your peers imagine how much worse you're going to feel 3 years from now when I don't know, your friends are graduating uni and you're not and you don't have a degree and you pay yourself hardly anything and you don't actually understand what your place is in the world, right? Because these are all, I think, I don't want to say valid concerns because they were irrational, but these are all concerns I had between the ages of like 18 and 21. Like, I really don't know who I was as a person back then or, or rather I didn't know who I was as a person. And because of that lack of clarity of who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and then having the belief to actually go and do it, I chose the option of doing nothing. And look, some might look back on that period of my life with at least the little bits that I've documented and say, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You did stuff. I did stuff, but I did nowhere near what I wanted to do. And it's because I was not comfortable enough to just stick my head above the trenches and go for it and start doing. And I can tell you, as somebody who waited probably three to four years before actually leaning into the things I wanted to do, before actually putting in the effort both publicly and privately to win those mini victories, to fucking step foot in a gym, to start producing content on the internet, to pick up books for the first time in my life and read to 
learn about self-improvement and the things that actually help us get through life like nutrition and sleep to decide that I want to be somebody who is able to converse with others rather than just making small talk until I made the decision to do all of those things my life went nowhere and because I left it so long to get to that point it was incredibly incredibly hard on reflection at least to start right because you tell yourself a story in your head continuously and to a fairly reasonable extent the story you tell is up to you you're either telling a story that you're I guess the hero in the story you're the person who can go and do the thing and that you're going to succeed or you're telling yourself a story that you're not good enough that you're not ready that there's a reason or an excuse as to why you need to delay or now is not the right time or you'll do it when and the when never comes you just need to fucking go and do it right and that is exactly what I'd say to my 18 year old self and I guess that in a sense if I try and really boil it down to one thing actually encapsulates everything so any of the other pieces of advice that I would have gave to 18 year old me are covered off by that because if it's as simple as something like drink enough water or get enough sleep or speak to more people or develop your skills or read books or go to the gym or learn or work harder or focus more or use social media less or stop comparing yourself to others any of these things could have been done at any point the problem is I delayed it for years And so if I was sat here with my 18-year-old self right now and I could give him just one piece of advice, it would be make a fucking list of all of the things you want to do. Everything. No matter how outlandish it seems. And then make a plan of how you're going to do each of those things. And then regardless of whether you think you're ready or not, regardless of what you think others will think of you, just start. God, these questions today are good. This one, I also don't know how to answer. So it's going to be more thinking out loud. So Tyler asked, what is the last bad decision you made against your gut? And I really don't know the answer to that. But what's springing to mind, actually, which is really ironic given what I just spoke about, because maybe the advice I just gave to 18-year-old me is true for 26-year-old me. And maybe as a byproduct, it's true for you as well, regardless of what your age is. But the things that I regret most, and don't get me wrong, I don't have any big profound regrets in life. I was actually thinking about this the other day whilst reading a book which asked that question. I don't have any big, profound, like deep regrets. However, the situations where I come out feeling worst, where I look back and I think that that situation could have been different, that my gut was telling me to do one thing or push for one outcome and another outcome was actually achieved right they're all things where I didn't take action where I didn't tell someone how I felt where I didn't speak to somebody when I could have done where I didn't do the thing that was a low-hanging fruit because I was worried or concerned or anxious or whatever it might be right my decision making I think I'm laughing as I say this because it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say but I think my decision making is fairly good right I think that through 11 years of running businesses in one form or another, I have been exposed to enough things, enough people, enough situations, enough nonsense, frankly, across the years to be fairly good at decision making. And then when it comes to communicating those decisions through endless emails, endless articles that I wrote for Magnet, endless podcasts, endless communications in one form or another. I think I'm fairly good at communicating those decisions to the point whereby if something isn't going to plan, I'm communicating clearly enough to kind of recalibrate. And therefore, that's why I think that anything I've done actively 
hasn't yet led to a big regret or a bad decision. But the times when I've, like I say, avoided something, not done something through fear or delayed something and then it's too late or not told somebody how I feel or not spoken to somebody. I think they're the moments in life, at least right now, where I look back and I just think there's so much wasted potential because... And I've kind of been learning this following, um, if you listened a few weeks ago, you know that on my 75 hard thing that I'm doing right now, every single day at some point I need to have a needless interaction with somebody where I speak to somebody that I wouldn't actually need to speak to whilst going about my day to improve my ability to just speak to people off the cuff, right? And when I look back to the, I guess, the, the bad decisions, they are when I haven't just gone brain to mouth and said how I feel or done something because I've overthought it and so I guess and and they're quite instinctual right they are gut-based feelings they are gut-based decisions to use the wording from the question because let's say you walk past somebody in the street and you want to talk to them for whatever reason that is an immediate like you're not sat there before that decision's made like hyper rationalizing it and getting out a pen and paper and making notes and trying to establish like the pros and cons of wanting to speak to this person no your gut's just telling you go and say something to that person compliment them say they look nice like ask them a question talk about the music that they're listening to whatever it might be it's only when the kind of more conscious brain kicks in at least in my experience that excuses them pour in it's like oh but you might look a bit weird or oh you don't want to do that or no just wait for 10 minutes and it's in those moments in those decisions when I actually deflect the decision when I choose not to say something or do something when I look back I think that they are the worst decisions I make because they're ones where things don't move forward and it's almost sad in a sense because those kind of decisions are avoided by probably billions of people every single day and I think like I spoke about a few weeks ago on the other side of those small decisions could be an entirely different life right I heard a stat the other week right there are there are eight million people in New York City which means that eight times a day a million to one odds encounter happens you know when you you say oh that's not going to happen there's a million to one chance of that there's eight million people in New York so every single day that happens eight times right on the other side of these little conversations, on the other side of these little moments where we we think, do we say something, don't we say something, could literally be your future wife or husband, could literally be your next business partner, could literally be your next best friend, could literally be the person who tells you something that changes the direction of your life forever. And yet, historically, for 26 years of my life, I've avoided those conversations. And so I think, without dancing around the question too much, they are more generally the worst decisions I've made so far. God, these are deep, aren't they? This is like therapy today. I thought this would be a quick episode and now I'm half an hour in and I'm pouring out my heart. Um, But thankfully, Adam Horton has saved us with with a nonsense question as a last one. (laughs) And I know this is nonsense because he's asking it, so he obviously doesn't want to know. Um, He said, what was it like going on Young Apprentice? Now, as I've said before, um, I've answered that many times in lots of detail across many mediums including episode one of this podcast but what I might do one day maybe next year when The Apprentice is back on to try and hoover up some YouTube views frankly is I might go into quite a bit of detail about the entire process from when you submit the web form 
to how you find out you've got an audition to what happens on the first day of auditions and then how do you know you're through to the second round and what happens in the second round of auditions and the third round and the meetings with the producers and then how do you get told you're on and then what happens between when you get told you're on the show and when you actually film and when do you do the clip of you walking down a railway station with a bag in your hand and what happens in the boardroom I might do like a like a really in-depth um, summary of my very short my experience nonetheless my experience on Young Apprentice because I mean you know I've spoken about it in some detail but I always kind of avoid key details and that's because somewhere tucked away in a filing cabinet in a law firm in London is an NDA that I signed when I was 16 years old which basically said that I won't disclose any of this information but you know what there's enough information out there on the internet I know that there are many people who have made the exact kind of videos that I'm speaking about who have been on the show And so maybe next year when The Apprentice is back on, 11 years after I signed that NDA, maybe that'll be the time for me to do a little video and talk about my experience and maybe tell some of the stories and let you peek behind the curtains in some of the ways that I've never said before. But we won't do that today, not least because I've spoken for half an hour and I don't have the energy to do it right now. Um, But that is everything. Thank you as always for listening. Like I say, I don't know who the guest's going to be next week if anybody, um, but we'll see, and I'm sure it'll be good, whatever it is, um, I am off to see RD in London tomorrow, which will be interesting, not sure how that's going to go, I'm sure it'll be fun, and then like I say, I'm going to do a, a bit of a life review over the weekend, and then I'm back in Wales from either Sunday night or Monday, to get on with another week of being in the office, and record some guest episodes, uh, either that week or the following week, so all is exciting. Um, But yeah, thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 114 of Life and Lessons. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.